Hey everyone, it's Keith. So I'm actually a little late on this episode. Tends to be a theme here. I'm uh, not quite getting my act together as a podcaster, so my apologies. Better late than never though, right? Um, this episode is about Berlin politics. There was recently a an election here, a multi-faceted, multi-leveled election um, for the local governments and national governments alike. And as an American citizen, I am not allowed to vote, but I'm still curious about my local politics here, the German politics. And I want to go through this online quiz with you to see where I would fall because it tends to be a theme and it is true here as well as in California and New York that I feel my politics changing a little bit and I just want to know where I would really fall. And for context, uh, all my friends and peers here in Berlin vote the Green Party in general, maybe the SPD, maybe the left. And I want to explain what those parties might be, what they stand for, as I go through my results to this 38-question quiz. So I'm on this website called valomat.de, and yeah, it's a fun interactive site that goes through various topics. Not all the topics I actually care about are on here, and I'm somehow surprised by some of the the questions that are on here. Be that as it may, uh, it tries to link me to parties that I should support if I were able to do so here in Germany. And for further context, this is not a two-party system like the states have. This is a multi-party parliamentary system where multiple viewpoints get representation and form coalitions with one another in order to make big change. And I really prefer that. I think it's great. I also think it's a little overwhelming because it's hard to know where exactly one should place uh, themselves. And that's kind of what I'm able uh, aiming to suss out here. So I've already taken this quiz. I actually took it with a friend uh, out before the election who was preparing for his own vote. And I am just answering those questions again here. And this is a pretty thorough site. It like goes into all the parties and gives descriptions for all of their answers. But there's like 18 parties. So <clears throat> it's probably not worth going into every answer from every party on every topic. But I do want to go through the quiz myself real quickly and maybe just orient things. Um I think I'll just go ahead and tell you first the results, which is unusual here in my format. Usually I just take the quiz out loud with you, but um, I actually did just do that and it took over an hour and a half and I don't really want this to be a multi-episode episode. (laughs) So I'm just going to cut to the chase here and tell you that my Valomat results are pretty interesting. Um... Yeah, it ranks my percentage of similarity with um, all these parties. And I don't fully um, associate with any party, unsurprisingly. 
my highest is 67%. Um, and it's kind of funny. No, pardon me. It's 72.3%, uh, followed by two that are tied with 67. The, the humanists is a party I didn't even know existed. Partei der Humanisten. This is my party, evidently. Um, and just to give you a description of them, the humanists were founded in 2014, which, by the way, is when I came to Berlin. The party sees itself as a social, liberal, and progressive party that focuses on the freedom of the individual. Their politics want to fall back on an evolutionary humanism and scientific knowledge. I like the sound of that, and I'm like a little surprised. Um, this is kind of a hodgepodge because I really do identify with issues, not so much parties, but because of this parliamentary system, there are parties that are very s focused on certain issues. And apparently, according to the algorithm of this site, the humanists are the party for me, followed by a tie, the <laughs> Partei für Gesundheitsforschung, the Health Research Party, founded in 2015. These are very new parties. With the sole aim of promoting the development of medicine against diseases of the elderly. Hardly what I would call my <laughs> hill that I die on, pardon the pun, but apparently I really conform to their platform a bit. To this end, the party wants to increase government spending and train more scientists, particularly in biochemistry and molecular biology. Well, I'm not against it, that's for sure. And tied with them is a party called the Liberal Conservative Reformers. The LKR was founded in 2015 by the former federal spokesman for the AFD, Bernd Luke, which is controversial and interesting. Uh, the election manifesto is strongly oriented towards economic liberalism and criticizes the bureaucracy, centralism, and derogism of the EU. For Berlin, it calls for a reorganization of the administration, quality management, and education, and reje rejects a rent cap. I already disagree with a few of those points. Like, I don't reject a rent cap, um, and I'm not against the EU. So I'm not really sure why it tells me that I'm associated with this party but i like the i like the words that it's using liberal conservative reform like, like that's funny and appropriate in a way followed forth by the pirate party Paraten. and this is the party i kind of wanted to focus on because i've learned a bit about them uh they were founded in tw uh, 2006 and initially focused on network politics or rather internet politics later there were calls for more transparency and political participation you were represented, sorry, this party was represented in various state parliaments from 2011 to 2017 and have a mandate in European Parliament since 2014. By the way, this website is in German and my Chrome browser is just translating it. So if the language sounds funny, that's the reason. I'm going to keep reading some of these parties that I'm affiliated with to some degree because it's it's pretty interesting to hear about them. Debasis, uh, Debasis, the Basic Democratic Party for Germany emerged in 2020 from the protest against government measures to combat the COVID-19 pandemic. The party calls for an end to all restrictions associated with the pandemic and emphasizes grassroots democracy as a means of political decision-making. So I like that a lot because um, pandemic uh, response is like one of the biggest issues in government around the world right now. And I do have strong feelings about it. So I'm I'm happy to have some affiliation with DeBasis, who is against uh, 
shutdowns and lockdowns. Um, that's a big deal to me. The Greys, Die Grauen, uh, I'm going to skip them. CDU, this is the first major party. Um, this is Angela Merkel's party, and this is the year where she ends her 16-year run as chancellor of Germany and kind of de facto leader of Europe. So she's been obviously a huge political character throughout the majority of all of our lives, and it's pretty phenomenal uh, what she's done here. She's done some good things and some bad things and has basically been a moderate um, political and strong leader. Um, so this is her party. Uh, it's described as being founded after 1945 as an interdenominational party. It stands for Christian Democratic Union, by the way, which is um, odd. Uh, it unites conservative, economically liberal, and Christian social positions. The main focus of the CDU's election program in Berlin is housing policy, traffic, and security. I can't say that any of that really resonates with me. So I'm surprised that this is like the major, the first major party that I might be affiliated with. Followed by uh, Die Pinken, Bundes Einundzwanzig, uh, aka Alliance 21. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure about that party. The FDP, the Free Democratic Party, combining market liberal positions in economic policy with left-wing liberal positions. Um, so this kind of sounds like a liberal slash libertarian party. Um, that's fine for me. Followed by Free Voters, uh, Freie Wähler Berlin, um, value-oriented liberal and bourgeois. <laughs> Um, the Greens are kind of lower down here at 56%. Uh, the Greens have their origins in the social movements of the 70s, particularly anti-nuclear, peace, and women's rights movements. In Berlin, they govern in a coalition with the SPD and the left. Uh, the key demands include climate protection, social change, and traffic and affordable rents. So I have some similarity with the Greens, but I don't know if I should truly identify or vote for them. Um, the party that I, I actually get most intrigued by is called Die Partei, or The Party, and it's a satire party founded in 20, uh, 2004. Um, it caricatures the political process in its election campaigns and in its parliamentary behavior in general, which it does have a seat in. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy reading their manifesto and their answers, but by the algorithm we don't actually agree but i feel like in spirit i do agree with this party um the af day i want to uh, single out here um they're pretty low on my list but not lowest uh they're at 53 percent for me they're actually above die linke uh the left so that's kind of interesting um it's described as created in 2013 as a reaction to the political measures in the euro crisis from 2016, the internal party power structures shifted in favor of a right-wing populist orientation. It's been represented in the House of Representatives since 2016, focusing on migration, housing, and social policy, as well as direct democracy. So this is an interesting party that has a very bad reputation in my milieu as like the Nazi party, basically. Um, so it was interesting for me to read that one of the major parties that I am apparently linked to is founded by the same guy that founded that one, Bernd Luca, who I've never heard of. And I guess that guy left it 
when it became to neo-nazi or like um populist let's say and i don't know i guess let's get into the actual questions and you'll see why perhaps there is some similarity there but it does sound like this guy stands for some decent stuff like fighting red tape and um bureaucracy um you know pitfalls uh wanting to reform and reorganize uh government in general wanting direct democracy these these are good things and yeah i'll try and clarify where i might differ from him from the afd from the left from the greens and why perhaps the humanists are the ones that are most appropriate for me so i think i'm going to do this by going to a party comparison chart um and i'll i'll highlight three parties the humanists i'm going to get rid of health research party even though it's kind of intriguing that i align so well with them i'm going to put up here um i want to actually put i'm going to put af day here i was going to put them in the third column uh, but i do want to hear what they say about stuff and i want to put in uh departai the satire party um i'm leaving out Die Linke, Die Grüne, and uh, SPD, even though that is the major leftist coalition that runs Berlin. Um, I'm going to skip what, well, I probably shouldn't skip what they say, huh? I guess I'm going to leave Die Partei out. Um, maybe we can do them at the end for fun. Um, but it would make sense, I guess, to have one of the major leftist parties here. And I think I'll use SPD because they're the most um, accessible moderate version of the linka and, and the greens so um yeah let's get into it i will read these in the order of which they're asked which will require some jumping around um actually i'm not going to do that i'm going to um go by way of which this site is showing it to me so again i'm doing the humanists the spd and the afd and it shows me first where they all agree with the same questions that I agree on. Um, so, or rather, okay, well, let's just get into it. So for instance, this question is saying the noise protection for clubs, Berlin should continue to financially support noise protection measures for clubs. Clubs are a big part of this, um, this society, this uh, culture. And of course, um, the city should help maintain that and the delicate balance is like how clubs might affect neighbors in that neighborhood so like noise obviously clubs make a lot of noise so it's like how do you deal with that do you like insulate with soundproofing etc so the far right party off day uh the alt-right kind of party I, i don't even think it's really true like this is what they say about it the Berlin clubs are an attraction for for Berlin, but they also represent a burden for the neighbors. The area around clubs must therefore be protected from noise pollution, and the noise protection fund must be continued in any case. Berlin needs a solution that not only ensures the continued existence of the clubs, but also takes into account the legitimate needs of local residents. I was surprised to read that because I was told by a friend that the AfD not only stands like against immigration and perhaps even neo-nazi stuff but is also like a very conservative party that's against 
partying, you know, like they are against uh, party culture. And that doesn't seem to be the case here if they want to help uh, protect clubs. Uh, The SPD says this, Berlin's nightlife and club life is unique worldwide. It is a pillar of art and cultural tourism in the city. In order to continue to reconcile the legitimate interests of the residents with the maintenance of clubs and cultural institutions, we will continue to provide financial support. So it's like actually the same statement. And let's see, the humanists probably sound the exact same. Clubs are an important part. Uh, The Senate confirmed this with the official recognition of clubs as cultural sites in May 2021. That's nice. At the same time, residents must be protected from noise pollution, especially after the losses caused by the pandemic. Operators must be given more support when investing in noise protection in order to maintain the club culture. Good. So we all agree on that. That's nice. I, by the way, weighted my answer on that one. You can like double your vote, so to speak, uh, when you say yes, no, or uh, neutral. Um, okay, projects against anti-Semitism. Berlin should continue to support projects against anti-Semitism, which means to say it should continue protecting Jewish people. And I agree with it. And so do all three of these parties. The humanists say destructive ideologies such as racism and anti-Semitism are still widespread today and pose an existential threat to our fellow human beings and free democracy. The rise of right-wing populism and extremism in recent years has shown that projects against anti-Semitism are still urgently needed. Now, when you hear that, you might think right-wing populism, that is what the AFD is. But then the AFD's answer to that same issue is... The verbal and physical attacks on Jews and Israelis in Berlin have assumed terrifying proportions. Future projects against anti-Semitism must pay particular attention to Muslim anti-Semitism, which has been trivialized for years. But projects are not enough. The annual Al-Quds march, during which there is blatant anti-Semitic agitation, must be stopped by all means of the rule of law. Jewish citizens must be able to feel safe in Berlin again. So I read that and I appreciated it. I think it's true that actually the reason I ticked that I support protections against anti-Semitism is not because of neo-Nazis. You know, like Nazism (laughs) peaked in 1945, you know? I mean, of course we should be wary of it ever returning, but, you know, in my neighborhood where I live, there is anti-Semitism, like... Muslims don't like Jews. It's kind of a stereotype. I mean, obviously, it's not totally true. Like, obviously, there are good Muslim people that are in brotherhood and sisterhood with Jewish people. But by and large, like, the new anti-Semitism comes from Islam, and Islam is in Berlin. So the, uh, the AFD recognizes that, whereas the humanists and the SPD, let's see, I'll just read this one as well. There's no place for anti-Semitism in Berlin. It's unacceptable that people of the Jewish faith are attacked. The prevention work against this follows a prevention concept initiated by the SPD, which bundles all measures, da-da-da. Okay, so they don't specifically say something like the far right, but I do want to remind people at this moment that religious fanatics are far right in general, including Islam, which... You know, I don't know the numbers. I'm sure Christianity is still much bigger than Islam in Berlin, but I wouldn't know it by walking around, to be honest. But anyway, it's it's not the point. The point is that 
even though I in general don't support special treatment for groups, um, I think Jews merit an exception in this city, given the history, both 20th century and more recent history. I think it, it, it warrants attention. So I am in agreement with the humanists, the AFD and the SPD. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. That's like pretty interesting. And similarly following from that, um, teachers headscarves, it should be possible for female teachers at schools in the state of Berlin to be prohibited from wearing a headscarf. So this is a very tricky topic. You know, it's very tricky. Like, I don't like the idea of banning things, including headscarves. And headscarves are not burkas. They're not as scary. They're not as uh, dehumanizing from a Western perspective. They can be tasteful. They can be uh, fashionable. They can be fine. But are they appropriate in a school environment? You know, like... It's a fair question. Is a bikini appropriate in a school environment? You know, like, probably not. Why not? Well, because it sexualizes the body. And similarly, a headscarf overly uh, shows a deferment toward modesty, especially in the context of a modesty toward God or family, a.k.a. a husband. And these are really tricky, nuanced things, you know? Is that appropriate for kids to be conditioned to see? What does Germany stand for? Like, for me, when France was banning the headscarf and the burkini and stuff um, in order to maintain a French culture, I really admired that, even though it could be seen as xenophobic or Islamophobic or whatever words. It's just like... It's fair enough if you want to maintain a very free, secular culture. And I support that. That's the culture that I support. So it makes sense. To me, the backlash would be if you end up um, discouraging Muslim women from being teachers, right? Like if you suddenly, if you have good intended uh, Muslim women teaching with headscarves and then you ban the headscarf, maybe that husband or the family or maybe the woman herself says, you know what, I'm not going to teach anymore because I can't wear this and I have to wear this. You know, like that's an interesting story. That's an interesting film that I would love to see and even write, but I'm not quite the person to write that movie. But I would love to explore that more. And that's where I'm like not doubling down on this point. Um, I'm slightly agnostic about it, but I think that, you know, this is what the humanists say. Teachers at state schools are obliged to maintain ideological neutrality in their service. For us, this means that the visible wearing of religious symbols, be it headscarves, the cross, or any other as an expression of personal faith should be prohibited in public service. And I agree with that. The AFD says something similar, of course, and the SPD, um, This is what the SPD says, and this is tricky for them because I don't think the left would say this. Berlin is more diverse than ever before. This diversity is carried by the neutral state, which treats everyone equally and holds Berlin together in its diversity. 
in schools with children of different biographies and religions in particular, state neutrality is a valuable asset for maintaining peace. Wearing religious symbols in public schools is prohibited in the Berlin Neutrality Act. This applies to both wearing a headscarf and other religious symbols. Well stated. Um, and finally, um, the question, the last of the four questions that these three parties agree on out of 38 questions um, is facial recognition software should be allowed to be used for video surveillance of public places in Berlin. All three of these parties disagree. I'm actually neutral on this. I don't disagree with it. I, I suppose for me, it's a little odd for me to say this out loud, but I kind of do subscribe to the, the cliche nowadays that if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. And I do have things to hide. We all have secrets to some degree, but I'm like kind of an open book. You know, I, I tell you guys my own uh, embarrassments and vices. Like, it's not like I'm really hiding anything. And I know that there are people that hide real things. Like, there are criminals. There are people that put children at danger. There are people that put cities at danger. And... I, I'm not a fetishist of privacy these, at this point. Now, I'm also not advocating for uh, invasive procedures by the state because it can obviously go awry. Who knows if this face recognition software is even ready for mass deployment, right? Who knows what could happen? Um, the CCTV in London and across the UK now has always freaked me out as this harbinger of like an orwellian dystopia so it's not like i'm excited for it but i also just know that you know this is not a super dangerous city but it's not the safest place there are actual gangs in my neighborhood like cartels and you know it's not like i'm living in fear of them at all but i support policing i support some security but i'm neutral on this topic but these three guys, these three parties are all against it. And um, I respect that. You know, it makes sense. Um, I'll just read the SPD's response. Uh, we reject the use of facial recognition in public spaces. Facial rec rep recognition represents a disproportionate interference with the personal and freedom rights of Berliners. In addition, there is a considerable potential for abuse when collecting and storing this data. Which is a very typical German response. And I will bring up right now that I am a photographer. I'm a street photographer uh, by practice. And I have this issue all the time uh, in my daily life with friends and strangers because I take pictures of people, which in America, in New York City, is totally normal. And here it's like an invasion of dignity. It's like it's considered um, violating and I don't get that logic. I'm not violating people with my images. I'm not embarrassing them. I'm not Martin Parr, who is like um, a British photographer who specializes in making fun of society through comic images of the working class, let's say. I'm not doing that. I'm like, in general, making aesthetically beautiful images of the streets, which include people walking in them, you know? And... 
I stand by that. I don't think that people have a right to not be seen. It's absurd. Like we see each other and technology is only going to further that sense of an eye on you. Um, not in your house, you know, not, um, singling you out and admonishing you for the smallest of infractions in your daily life. Heaven forbid, but I'm fine with cameras basically. Um, anyways, I think I've spent enough on that topic. Um, Okay, now we're going to get into the partial agreement section where two of these three parties agree with me. And I'll just go in order here. The A100 is a motorway. And the question is, should it be expanded to further, uh, as, further as planned? And initially I said no because I'm against highways cutting through cities. I think it was a terrible idea in New York City, and I'm glad it doesn't cut through the village as somebody once did plan. I'm glad that San Francisco's highways coming from across the bay don't go too deep into um, downtown SF. Uh, That would be a travesty to cut that city up with highways. And, you know, LA also is like, kind of a congested mess with all of its highways. So I'm very sensitive to motorways in cities. But then I took a look at the map, and this is the ring. This is a ring road around the city. We have a ring subway train that goes around. And just taking a look, that's what this A100 is. So I've changed my vote from against to neutral. I don't support highway projects necessarily. I'm much more a supporter of public transit, bike lanes, etc. But I'm not against them. I do love driving. I'm not allowed to here in Germany, ironically. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, a ring road is pretty typical for cities and makes sense. So I'm not against it. Um, but the SPD is not really for it either. They're also neutral. And this is what they say. We want to complete the construction of the already largely completed 16th section of the A100 from Neukölln to Treptow. Before this construction phase can be opened, a comprehensive traffic concept must be developed. We want to decide whether to continue with a 17th construction phase in an open-ended Berlin-wide public transportation pro- public participation process. In order to counteract the negative effects of the A100, we want to put a cap in the alt trepto Trap Tower Park area and reduce noise and air pollution. All right, well, this is a little wonky, so I don't need to get too far into it. But anyways, um, I would, if I could vote in Berlin, I would go further into this topic because it's like, it is interesting to me. Like, it's not a super offensive plan. It is a costly plan. One wonders if it's the best use of money. Uh, one wonders who benefits and who suffers you know so i'm not going to spend much time on it now but it is the kind of thing that i would delve into outdoor catering in berlin outdoor catering should be allowed to be operated permanently free of charge on public roads and places plazas really so i love cities with outdoor dining it's very european It's very exciting to walk through Rome or Paris and just feel the, you know, the, the low roar of, um, 
a really, uh, I want to be a little poetic here, uh, a kind of Dionysian population, you know, whining and dining throughout all, all hours of the night. And I think everybody can basically agree with that. I'm very happy that in New York and LA, this is finally happening because of COVID and that people afraid to be inside are putting tables and chairs outside. I think it's excellent. So like I see this question and I say, yes, of course. The funny thing here is that the humanists and the SPD disagree and in agreement is the AFD. So let's see why. So I'll read the humanists this time. Many sidewalks are already overcrowded. Here, permits must be granted with a sense of proportion. To compensate for the losses incurred during the corona pandemic, the catering industry should be allowed to use the public roads free of charge for a limited time. So they're making this point that like public space shouldn't just be for commerce, for the restaurants and bars, that maybe it is an imposition somehow. And some other parties that I've read, like, also say this point, like, this unfairly benefits uh, restaurants on plazas, um, smaller restaurants with no, like, uh, option to be outside are unfairly um, negatively impacted. Um, other parties say something like, you know, the streets are for everybody, not just for dining, people that walk their dogs and stuff. So there's these different attitudes about it and that maybe having to pay for that use of public space is valid on restaurants um i'm not sure like i I, my lifestyle is to to dine out and to drink so i'm always in favor of that kind of thing um so the f the afd though is in support saying in order to partially compensate for the enormous economic damage caused to the Berlin hospitality industry by the coronavirus, also in order to be able to react flexibly to any new react new restrictions on indoor catering, we advocate permitting outdoor catering permanently free of charge on public paths. So it's kind of interesting, right? That I would align with that party on that basis. You know what I mean? Like when I saw that I was aligning with AFD, I thought, okay, this is going to get into like the more like anti-PC politics, but it's like for stuff like that, which is interesting. Uh, But also this kind of thing, homelessness, the camping of homeless people in central public places should be prevented. So here is where I disagree with my own humanist party and align with the AFD and also the SPD, but the left and the Greens disagree. So within that coalition, the SPD is more with me, so I'll read their response. We reject overnight accommodation in public places, parks, and playgrounds. Rather, our goal remains to protect people from homelessness with a social housing and rental policy and to offer homeless Berliners real prospects for their own apartment. In Berlin, for example, the housing first concept has proven itself. Those affected are accommodated in apartments for an unlimited period and looked after by trained staff. We would like to promote this concept even more. So I'm in full agreement with that. Um, Homelessness is a a sad uh, affair, but it's a scourge nonetheless. We should not encourage encampments or tents, you know, under subway stairs it doesn't make sense to do that it's not healthy for them it's not compassionate it's it's destructive for the city and for the people um 
so I'm not going to read the humanists disagreement with that. I'm just going to move on. I just, you know, I just think it's, it's important that we help homeless communities and I'll put in parentheses, um, people with drug addiction issues and mental health issues to help them in real ways, not by turning a blind eye to a growing problem. Okay, gender diversity. Gender diversity is to be addressed in the classroom at all schools in the country. So this is where I do side with the AF day and disagree with the humanists and the SPD and the Greens and the left. So I'll read I'll read the SPD first. The variety of life and love, designs, sexual and gender identities is a natural part of our society today, also and especially in the rainbow city of Berlin. It is therefore part of the educational mission in, of our schools and educational institutions to sensitize pupils with queer sensitive educational work for gender diversity and to address them in a protected educational environment. Well, that sounds like a load of bullshit to me, to be honest. I mean, this stuff is everywhere. Kids see this. I don't find it personally necessary or appropriate to teach because this is, we're talking about literally 0.5% of the population at most. Okay. So where in a curriculum does that belong exactly? Like intersex is barely discussed in sex education and it could be mentioned, but my fear is that it becomes propagandistic. So I think the AFD will, let's hear what they say. We are fundamentally against overloading the school curricula and calls for a concentration on the core issues. Many social groups want their topics to be taken into account in school lessons. This is not always in the children's interest. In addition, the children should not be made insecure about their gender identity. According to the AFD, sex education is primarily the responsibility of the parents. Okay, well, I disagree with how they say it. I don't agree with the AFD that sex education is the responsibility of parents. I do think that sex education in school makes sense, but it should be actual education of biology. That's what it should be. And biologically speaking, you can talk about intersex people who are an extremely rare. Um, it's a rare condition. You can talk about body dysmorphia, which I think is the cause for most gender diversity, but I don't want, I don't want to institute this kind of activist propaganda. I'll just say it bluntly like that. Um, I'm not against trans people or trans issues. I'm against this kind of re-education indoctrination. Fossil fuels in district heating. Berlin is to oblige energy suppliers or to mandate energy suppliers to reduce the proportion of fossil fuels in district heating. I agree, but it is tricky. And I do feel passionately about this, but this is a difficult topic in this country because it is still reliant on fossil fuels. We're talking about coal and oil. And largely because Germany has decided to reject nuclear power, which I think is a mistake, quite frankly. 
France is thriving and is uh, changing to alternative energy, getting off coal and oil because of its nuclear prowess. It's not like Germany is the sunniest place in the world. It's not even the windiest. So despite all the you know wind turbines throughout the country, I just don't know how this is really going to happen. Um, Departai, the satirical party, makes a good joke about this. Uh, they say they're also for this, and they demand a pipeline from Iceland for thermo, <laughs> for the thermodynamic energy, um, geothermal rather. I think that's funny, and it really highlights what I'm saying here. Like, how do you even do this, really? Um, I won't elaborate further. German courses. All immigrants should have access to free German courses. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I even can identify here as an immigrant, having lived here for a long time. Um, this is kind of a political... Um, rhetoric like i'm probably better known as an expat or even a world citizen <laughs> i don't like that term but i still have a residence in california as well so it's not like i'm i'm not a refugee right um but i still think it's encouraging to uh assimilate when here into the german culture through language and paying for that is a barrier. So I support removing that barrier. The humanists agree with me. SPD and the left agree with me. The AFD disagrees. And I do think it's interesting to point this out. Because you would think that like... See, this is a this is a key difference in understanding um, when you think about immigration policy. I support immigration. I just support doing it the right way and assimilating people that want to be assimilated and and making it clear that this is a place with a real culture to assimilate into. And the AfD says this, German courses must be limited to people with sufficient prospects to stay. However, people who come to Germany with deliberate abuse of the right to asylum should not be entitled to free German courses, as this would convey the wrong message. With them, it must be clear from the beginning that they are obliged to return to their home country. Now, it's an interesting point, and it sounds very cold and cruel, and I disagree with them, but I do see their points. Germany cannot be home to the world, and when you invite refugees, the idea has historically been well, has it? I'm not actually educated enough on this because in America, it's a very special case. Refugees coming to America stay in America in general. America is a land of immigrants. Germany is not a land of immigrants. Germany is a land of Germans, as is every European nation, because that's what a nation state is fundamentally. And I just wonder about this. I don't think... It's necessarily fair to call people on the right wing of conservative attitude Nazis for having this opinion. I do disagree with them, though, because I'm an American. So to me, diversity is cool. Inviting people in to stay is fine, especially when they improve your society, as immigrants do in the States. Here, is that the case? I don't know. 
So it might be appropriate for Syrians to go back to Syria. Denmark has just said so. Denmark is not a Nazi country. And it's a valid point. But I think that the AFD is totally wrong on this topic of free German courses. (laughs) They are confusing this messaging that if you have free German courses, that refugees will stay. Uh, You can make both points separately. Have free German courses for all immigrants and even visitors who choose to be here and as such want to integrate and assimilate. At the same time, if the AFD is interested in representing um, a return home policy, that's a separate point. It has nothing to do with German courses. So it's a little odd that they go into all that. Okay. The appointment of teachers. In Berlin, it should be possible for teachers to become civil servants again. So I'm neutral here. The humanists are also neutral. They say this. On the one hand, the tasks to be performed by teachers are not sovereign tasks, which is why it does not make sense to have a civil service. On the other hand, Berlin is the only federal state that does not have a teaching license, which means a massive disadvantage in terms of location in times of teacher shortages and leads to injustices in the colleagues. So look, I've been a teacher. I care about teacher issues, I suppose, but this is another one of these like, rather mundane topics that we can get into the weeds in. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to move on. This is kind of not that big of a deal, let's be honest, if teachers are considered official civil servants or not. Where do you draw the line with a civil servant? You know, I mean, teachers, furthermore, are much more respected and dignified and compensated in Europe generally than in the States. So I'm not crying too much for teachers here. Uh, Next, right to vote for the district assembly. In the elections to the district council assemblies, only Germans and citizens of EU countries should should continue to be allowed to vote. So yeah, that's the way it is now, and that should stay. I have actually wrestled with this question. I see the side of, in this case, conservatives, the IFD supports this. I see it. It's fair enough that, like, you can, you're allowed to vote in your nation with your people, so to speak. But I am against this. I think I should be allowed to vote here, frankly. Um, I don't feel too strongly. I'm not demanding it. And I see the point of, you know, this off day stance that maybe it's not fair that I get to vote here and in California or that a Turkish person gets to vote here and in Turkey. Um, Nonetheless, if somebody spends their time here and has uh, an investment in their life here, they should be allowed to make a statement as such publicly on the record through their vote. So there needs to be some way to do that. I don't know what that way is. I don't know how you naturalize and prove that whatnot. Um, this is kind of the same thing as another question down the road about 16 year olds voting. It's voting rights. You know, to me, it's not immigration rights or youth rights. It's voting rights. Who has the right to vote? And I do think it makes sense to start with of age citizens. And then you just have to question what counts as of age and what counts as a citizen, a resident, maybe. 
so it's an it's an interesting topic um but i do think that if you live somewhere if you pay taxes somewhere if policies affect you that you should have a say now there is a danger maybe you don't relate to it maybe you are conspiring against it in some way maybe you are an insurrectionist of some sort but be that as it may if you are a berliner you should vote on berlin politics basically hospitals all berlin hospitals should be in public hands so i disagree with that because it just sounds strange to me like all of them have to be public like you can't have one private hospital like i would definitely say some public hospitals must be in public hands but i don't really understand why all of them have to be so i marked x on this along with the spd and afd but the humanists stayed neutral so let's read them we reject excessive economization of the healthcare system privatizations with negative consequences for patients and staff must be reversed the quality of supply and security of supply are however more decisive than the question of sponsorship therefore a differentiation has to be made here from case to case well that's well stated i suppose it's fair enough which is why they're not for this uh question they're just neutral on it um it's not a question of sponsorship um they're pointing out that, you know, the medical industry is a tricky one that becomes a little too maybe profit-based, maybe um, in like uh, privilege-based, privilege which are fair points. But in the end of the day, um, there should be a market element to advancements in medicine. And there are some procedures that the state shouldn't have to cover. For instance, elective special surgeries, um, you know, that's a pretty open-ended statement at this point, but I'll leave it at that. Compulsory daycare. The last year of kindergarten before starting school should be compulsory. <sighs> so I stayed neutral here. Um, I see both sides here from a libertarian perspective. I don't need to be told when my kid has to start school. You know, like the daycare leading up to school, preschool in the U.S. Um, it shouldn't be required. But at the same time, from a like a social cohesion perspective, the sooner children socialize with one another, the better. So I see both sides of that. Um, oddly, the AFD is the one that disagrees. I would think they would say, like, we have to start socializing kids together. But they say this. Too many children leave daycare without having the language skills necessary to go to school. The aim must be to qualitatively strengthen the promotion of school readiness and language skills in the daycare center. Therefore, children without sufficient knowledge of the German language should receive preschool language training. On the other hand, we reject a general daycare requirement. So they're kind of libertarian about it, but they're getting to what I said. The SPD says... Successful educational biographies require a good early edu childhood education. In order to give all children the same starting opportunities, we want to focus on an equal early education. That is why we are committed to making the last year of daycare mandatory and creating the corresponding legal requirements for it. The mandatory daycare year is to take place on the basis of the Berlin Education Printer. Well, I see that side too. I see that side. Um, a migration museum. 
A state museum on the history of migration is to be set up in Berlin. I don't know. Is it necessary? Um, yes, there is a history of migration here. It's not a super in-depth one, but definitely in the 70s when Gestarbeiter came here from Turkey. Um, you know, Merkel's on record saying she thought they would go back, you know. Um, but they've migrated. And this deserves attention, maybe in a documentary format. I'm not sure if a museum is necessary. Um, so this is what the SPD says. A politics of recognition needs visible symbols in our city. Therefore, with respect and appreciation for our foreign immigration history and the lifetime achievement of the so-called guest worker generation, we are committed to building a migration museum that deals with recent immigration history. So yeah, they're saying it's symbolic that if you build a museum of Turkish immigrants, that this is like a token, you know, toast of some sort. Um, I don't like that logic. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, it's pretty expensive to do that. I'd rather, would I rather have the motorway? I don't know. I would definitely rather have some of the other things that are going to come up here, like, um, free transportation, uh, free German classes. I would rather have that. Um, so I'm not sure about that, which is why I'm neutral. I don't feel so strongly. I do. I love museum spaces, but specifically art museums. I love the, the spiritual element of them. I find other kinds of museums to be a bit propagandistic. Um, they do feel like they're very much messaging some point at me. And that can be good, you know, like the Holocaust Museum. It is a horror. It makes sense that it's horrific and that this is, you know, available for all Berliners to go and see. But I don't really like this idea of just building museums as a token symbol like, that's not what a museum is to me. All right, next. Private companies at universities. Berlin universities should work more closely with private companies. I'm neutral here. I don't really know what they even are talking about. Like, are you talking about Coca-Cola vending machines? Or are you talking about, you know, Monsanto funding a research project on GMOs? You know what I mean? Like, who the hell knows? So I'm neutral, along with the humanists who say this. The cooperation of universities with private companies can result in innovations in research and teaching, but it also harbors the risk of excessive influence by companies on science. The non-material and financial support of research projects must always be made transparent. So I fully agree, and I'll leave it at that. Women and men on electoral lists. The parties should alternate, alternately have to fill their lists for the election to the Berlin House of Reps with women and men. I disagree. I don't believe in mandating and socially engineering equal outcomes just for the symbol, symbolic nature of it. And the humanists are with me. The humanists say this. We stand for equal opportunities for all people, but simple populist answers to complex problems often have a catch. Forced parity violates the equality of the election as the unconstitutionality of the Brandenburg Electoral List Act has already shown. It also ignores non-binary people. Instead of artificial equality of results, we want to invest in measures that enable equal opportunities in politics. For instance, parity, parental leave. So that's pretty well said. 
it's true like we want to remove barriers not institute mandates you know i'll read the spd's response to this for the leftist side Women have half the power. We stand for equal participation of women in all areas of life and have been fighting for gender equitable participation in all political decision-making processes since our party was founded. We are therefore campaigning for a Berlin parity law that guarantees that women and men are equally represented in the House and in the district assemblies. Yeah, I'm just so skeptical of this attitude. It just feels so uh, activist-oriented and misguided. This is not how you achieve a healthy um, functioning society by implementing quotas and mandated outcomes. This is communist. This is like, it looks good. It sounds good. I think people are just like very proud of themselves for speaking such platitudes, but it doesn't get us to where we want to go. If you want anyone regardless of whatever disadvantage to do anything remove the barriers and provide the opportunities that's all you have to do you don't have to specify what outcomes need to be done because that's just it's social engineering and it's just proven fatal throughout history i don't know why people want to go down that road again moving on Free public transport. In Berlin, the use of local public transport should be free of charge. I fully agree. Uh, I'll read the humanists. Free public transport can be aimed for as a long-term goal. First, however, the line networks should be examined and discounts on tickets, such as the 365-year-old annual. Da, 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 da. Um, okay, so they think it wouldn't be viable financially, and that's fair enough, but I do think that that would be a great goal. I would much rather have free transportation for all Berliners than a museum or um, a highway. I just think, especially in Berlin, where it's already free movement, like there's no turnstiles in Berlin subway trains. It's awesome. You can walk from the street to the car without passing through anything. And ticketing should just be optional at this point stop enforcing control of ticketing just like i don't know i just think it would be really nice if um transportation was free in a in a rich city it should be debt break berlin should continue to comply with the statutory limit on new borrowing i'm neutral on this and i don't want to go into it Priority schools. In Berlin, there should be more inclusive schools where children with and without disabilities are taught together. I stayed neutral on this. Um, I can see both sides. It is cool when uh, you see other kinds of kids in your classroom and you learn acceptance and tolerance and understanding of different situations. That said, it takes more work. You know, um, I've worked in these kind of classrooms. Um, somebody with severe learning disabilities or severe um, accessibility needs require parent teachers and um, counselors and such. And it might even hurt their educational experience if they are forced to uh, comply with the more averaged out teaching process you know um 
sometimes people segregate for reasons. They self-segregate at lunchtime and who they go home with together and all these things. And, you know, I can imagine a, a case in which, you know, a group of ADHD kids like me would rather stay together than be taught in a certain classroom where our needs aren't met, let's say. So I don't feel strongly about this, so I, I'll move on. Uh, return of colonial cultural assets. State museums in Berlin are supposed to return lo- looted cultural goods to their countries of origin during the colonial era. Right. So this is like um, a privileged guilt thing to me. This is like white guilt or colonial guilt. And I don't know how valuable that is or who it really serves. I don't really see the point in this except for like self-flagellation and symbolizing remorse and it is true that remorse should be shown when damage has been done Um, apologies should be made sometimes politics are symbolic but the art world is full of the messiness of history you know where things end up i don't want to uh, excuse theft I don't know the details of any particular case, but these should be dealt with on a case-by-case basis. If Iran or Turkey or Namibia were specifically saying, hey, that artifact belongs to us, and this is the story of it, and this is why it should be here. Fair enough. Like, I would not be a jerk about it and say, no, we're keeping it. It's ours now. Like, that's not my point. My point is why create a policy unprovoked to show um, this sort of contrition for these evil deeds, this blood on your hand from the past? Germany wasn't even a major colonial power. They were like anti-colonial almost the entire time. They had like a very minor colony in Africa and it's doing great. Namibia is a, is a fine country in Africa by all statistical measures comparatively especially um is it doing as well as germany no should germany help it more maybe um do it in a real way you know do it in an actual way not by giving an artifact back um i think that the entire colonial era of history is misunderstood as this utter evil and i'm not saying it was an unalloyed good but it actually was by and large good for humanity we're here from it for instance the usa is a thing because of it there was a lot of destruction i don't mean to get into all this this is a very deep uh, difficult topic i recommend watching some geopolitical uh, videos about that if you want to know about it but yeah, colonialism wasn't this evil that people want it to be right now. It's just, um, it's more complicated than that. And you don't erase colonialism just by giving back, you know, statuettes. So I think this is a really weird movement in the art world. You know, this kind of overly PC attitude, like, we're so sorry. Why do we have this? It's not ours. Here, take it back. I mean, 
that's fine. You know, like I'd be fine with it. Obviously, you can have exhibitions by borrowing stuff. And the point is to show and share this stuff. But if you are a European power that has the art that maybe you're not supposed to have, well, look, you ended up with it. You have the resources and ability now to preserve it very well, to present it very well, to share it, to explain it. And you are safeguarding it. You are um, its keeper, at least for now. And look, it's not that I'm like disgusted by this attitude of giving back artifacts. It's not as bad as a lot of like woke ideas that bother me on a more deep level. It's just, I don't really understand why this is a thing right now. Um, Maybe I could be educated better. Do tell me um, if there's a famous case where something really should belong somewhere else, etc. Obviously, I know the Nazis stole stuff. So, like, if it's about really obvious wrongs, okay, that's fine. Correct them. But the art world is just rife with, you know, this issue that, like, why is this piece in the Louvre and not somewhere else? Why does the Tate Modern have that? Why does the Met have that? Like... Yeah, you can play that game forever, for sure. I just know where it gets you. I'll leave it there. Quota for women. There should be a binding quota for women in management positions in state-owned companies. I'm going to read the humanist's take on this. Our goal is a working world in which structural discrimination has been reduced and no obstacles are put in the way of anyone because of their group membership. In order to achieve this, universal measures such as anonymized applications are better than women's or diversity quotas, for example. We fundamentally reject the reduction of the complex characteristics of an individual to individual characteristics such as their gender. Well stated. Identity checks. The Berlin police should continue to be able to carry out identity checks independent of suspicion. I stayed neutral on this, okay? I, I This is apparently how it is. I think the police here are good. I don't see this being abused. I haven't heard much about it. The SPD agrees, so I'll read them. In principle, no cause-free, suspicious-free identity checks are carried out in Berlin. Exceptions to this are clearly regulated in the State Police Act, for example, in places prone to crime. These controls and a strong police presence have proven to be a useful instrument to ensure security in the most criminal places and to counteract the emergence of fearful dreams, especially for women. Dreams is mistranslated. We reject racial profiling practices. Okay, I think that's enough said there. District budget. The Berlin districts should be able to determine their own budget expenditure. So the humanists were neutral here. They already have their own budget, which is drawn up in coordination with the House of Representatives. We do not see any urgent need to reform here at the moment. I agree. Guys, I'm getting honest. I'm getting a little tired of going through this. Um, And this is the long episode, but I'm going to finish. I'm just going to power through more quickly here. Uh, Bundeswehr and schools. Information events by the Bundeswehr, which is like the armed forces, should continue to take place at schools in Berlin. I'm neutral here. I don't really care. I do want to point out that Europe in general will probably need to be more self-sufficient regarding its own defense because of the U.S.'s isolationist policies pushed by Trump. 
I don't think Americans fully appreciate that America has been like obliged to protect its allies and that we're kind of going back on that. Afghanistan is kind of an example of that, but less so. They haven't been exactly allies, but yeah, our isolationist policy does not favor Germany. So that's like relevant there. Uh, unemployment benefits. Recipients of the unemployment benefit, Herzfeer, should continue to receive them if they reject job offers. Um, I'm neutral here because I don't know the details of that, but what I can say for sure is that I support a universal basic income for all and that this kind of bureaucracy is a little too complicated following up on who's applying for what. I don't believe in a a lifestyle in which you have to work and trade your labor for basic needs. So yeah, I half agree with this, but I also think it should go further. Committee of Inquiry, an investigative committee by the House of Representatives to investigate the investigative work on a series of attacks in Neukölln. I don't know what that really means. Um, I guess I'll read the humanists who I did agree with, though I have to admit some amount of ignorance here. We advocate the establishment of a committee of inquiry to clarify the circumstances on the series of attacks. And the AFD says... In counterpoint, due to the extensive work already done by the police, especially the or special organization structure, no added value of an investigative committee is recognizable. In all likelihood, this would not provide any further information. Well, I don't know. I don't mind extra information or extra search and research, but I don't really know. Uh, family portrait. In Berlin, daycare centers and schools, the traditional image of the family, father, mother, children, should primarily be conveyed. I'm neutral here. I, I basically agree. I mean, this is, by and large, people's experience. This is what kids grow up with. And the ones that don't suffer, statistically, single parent households, uh, children do worse in general. Uh, gay family households are fine. There's not as much data about that. Um, I'm not against it. Those should also be represented. But there is nothing fundamentally wrong with the nuclear family structure. In fact, the world has prospered under this hegemony. So I know that like it takes a village and we all kind of come from tribal existences where we're raised in clans and stuff, but you know, cooperatives and stuff are fine, but like there's just nothing wrong with propagating a mother, mother, father, child dynamic. I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. Call me heteronormative, but it's fine, but I'm neutral. Like it's also fine to show other stuff. I just don't want it to be come this like agenda pushing activist thing against the family because families are healthy. Voting age from 16 in elections to the house, young people age 16 and over should be allowed to vote. I am neutral here. I used to care a lot about that when I was 16 because I happened to be a very educated 16 year old that wanted to vote. And I could drive at 16, but I couldn't drink. I couldn't serve in the military. So it's like a question of maturity, isn't it? I'm happy with the number to be in line with civic responsibilities, like being tried as an adult for crimes, being fiscally independent, you know, supporting yourself. Like, it makes sense to tie it to that age, which is probably 18. And I think that's fine. If it was lower, it would also be fine. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. The average 16-year-old 
does not need to be voting. So this is not a, pr a pressing issue to me, but I'm neutral here. Alcohol advertising. Products should no longer be advertised on the state's own advertising space. That's a slippery slope to me, and I don't have a problem with alcoholic advertising. It's fine. I actually like beer ads. Um, they're not overly sexualized necessarily. They're not overly debaucherous. They're, you know, drinking is a part of our culture, and normal people drink. You know, I prefer them to soda ads. I prefer them to car ads. So I don't know why this is being singled out. And then, like, what next? You ban anything that can be deemed as somehow unhealthy. I'm. I think. I would rather object to advertising in general. Like, why do we have billboards everywhere we have them? Maybe consider removing some of them from the sides of buildings or in front of schools, you know? Next, shopping, shop opening times. All shops in Berlin should be allowed to open on Sundays. Yes, I fully agree. I think this is an antiquated idea here in Germany that this is a day of rest for everybody. Um, it's annoying that I can't buy groceries on Sunday or go clothes shopping. Like I want to do those things. Okay. Like shops don't have to open. They have the right to be closed, but some should take advantage of the customers that would go to them. All right. Last round of questions here. Uh, purchase of apartments. The state of Berlin should buy more apartments from private housing companies. The idea there I think is to like ensure more affordable housing which is good but i would rather see berlin build more housing there's a lot of space around berlin um it's not a totally it's not as dense as paris or london um it can there's room to grow you don't need to you don't need to give money to private corporations to do that i'm neutral there pop-up bike paths additional temporary bicycle lanes should be created in berlin I like bike paths a lot, so I do support this in general, but pop-up bike paths that they're talking about are like when you paint on into the road during construction sites. I still support it. I can see why not, um, but I'm pro-alternative transport and not mandating everything for cars only. Free entry to museums. In Berlin, entry to the state museum should be free for all Berliners. I fully agree. I love that idea. I love free museums like the Tate Modern in London, which is probably my favorite place in the world because it is excellent and it's free to everybody. The Met in New York is a great building, but like they really encourage you to pay something and it's like a little intimidating. They don't, they like hide the fact that you don't have to just let things be free. If you can make it affordable, if the city can handle that, you know, cost, it should do it. I would prioritize that above a lot of things. Military research. Uh, research for military purposes should be allowed at Berlin universities. I agree. Like, I'm not advocating war here, but kind of on the point that Europe needs to be kind of in line with its own defense. Um, yeah, I mean, the internet was also developed partly because of military research. You know, like, how do you even differentiate what is military research and what's normal research? This should not be out of bounds it doesn't make you hawkish and looking for a fight it just it's like research takes place at universities the end um educator salary kindergarten teachers at primary schools should receive the same salary as teachers um i disagree i don't care it's fine if they do but like there is a reason to this hierarchy of pay structure um a research professor gets paid more than a 
babysitter, you know, um, uh, if you're lecturing to, um, you know, a classroom of astrophysicists, it makes sense to get paid more than if you're teaching basic arithmetic to children. Um, now I don't mean to demean daycare or primary school teaching, but there's probably a fair enough reason that kindergarten teachers make less money, but it doesn't really matter to me. Sinti and Roma. The culture and language of the German Sinti and Roma should receive more financial support from the state. I don't care about this. I'm surprised that this is an issue. I'm surprised also to learn from a lot of the party descriptions that this has been a thing and that the government has been supporting. Uh, these are gypsies, uh, pardon the un-PC language. The, the promotion of culture and language of gypsies, I don't really understand that at all in Germany. Makes no sense to me, but whatever. Climate neutrality, last question. Berlin should be climate neutral by 2035 at the latest. Sure, I support that. I don't honestly care that much though. Like I'm kind of neutral about it because I don't really know what that entails. Um, I don't know what that means for me personally. I think this is a power grid issue. I don't know how to deal with that exactly, but it would be great to get off of fossil fuels. That requires a lot of technical innovation. If it involves a lot of change in the daily lives of people, that's going to be pretty tricky. Climate change is going to be most drastically impacted when the world gets out of poverty. I'm speaking specifically of the Indian subcontinents and sub-Saharan Africa. When those places modernize, pollution will drop drastically. It's already dropping drastically because China is modernizing. So now China cares about the environment more because they've modernized and they were the easily the biggest pollutants of the last 50 years. So that's how it works. Like I don't see Germany, which is already very efficient in its consumption and pollution, doing that much. It's very symbolic here. I support it, I guess, but it's like if you were honest about how to uh, promote a better planet, you would be looking at helping poor countries develop better than looking at rich countries, I don't know, consume more ethically or something. But, you know, this is not a big deal to me. I'm in general support of, you know, saving the environment and reducing climate change impacts. So that's that, guys. Um, again, uh, I've never heard of this humanist party um, or this health research party, the LKR party, the pirates, um, you know, none of these questions address the internet. None of them talked about net neutrality or, you know, investing in better infrastructure for faster speeds, fiber optic cables and the like. Like, I would love that. I want public Wi-Fi everywhere, strong internet everywhere, even between train stations. That's the kind of stuff I want to be voting for. That was not mentioned here. Um, the basis party, you know, coronavirus stuff, that was not mentioned here. I would like to see laws protecting individual rights. I would like to see more sensible laws about masking. And, you know, I'd like vaccine um, research and availability, that kind of stuff. Um, so a lot of these weren't discussed. I would also like to see drug policy, you know, to... to deal with illicit drug activity here in a mature way 
you know, legalize or decriminalize drugs, test drugs, make sure that you know what's going through the city, make sure you know who's dealing it, take the power out of the cartel hands here, like the, you know, the Lebanese mafia here in Neukölln, you know, make it so that if you call up a Coke taxi, you know what you're getting and that you're not necessarily just getting ripped off for, you know, laxative. You know, this kind of stuff. I would like to see this kind of stuff in Berlin, you know. Let's go further with lifestyle stuff and infrastructure stuff. Um, and no party seems to represent that so much. I don't know why. All right. I'll leave it there. I'm kind of civically minded now. Too bad I can't vote. But, um, yeah, an applause to my Berliner friends that could and did. And hopefully I can be a little more timely with my next episode. Um, instead of after the facts and I'll leave it there now, guys, until next time. Ciao.